I want you to keep it tuned right here. Up next, it's the McShank Podcast Boys, Ryan and Clayton, coming at you on KMPN in sunny Los Angeles. Welcome to the McShank Podcast. It's uh, it's the middle of the year, so it's not top 10 time, which means... This is just a, a new episode. <laughs> this is just another episode that we're doing. Uh, so welcome. I'm Ryan. And I'm Clayton. Once I start saying what I'm going to say on this show, you're going to wish that you can't hear me. Oh, those are fighting words. Please tell me more. Well. What are we doing here tonight? Why are we here? We're in we're here, San Fernando Valley on a Monday night. We're here outside of our normal end of the year list comfort zone because I got a bit of a spark of inspiration about a week ago. Maybe you have been harboring some of these thoughts too, but I hit the Wayback Machine and went back seven years to Ooh. 2015 and dug up, I think, one of our forgotten gems, which you titled at that time, Should It Stay or Should It Go? What that really meant was when you dig in is we did what was called a Sophie's Choice podcast in 2015, where... Anyone unfamiliar with the reference? It goes back to an early... 2016, right? It was 15 or 16. Okay, one of the two. One of the two, yeah. Yeah. It's referring to the Meryl Streep film from the early 80s where her character has to make a choice that we'll say is unconventional (laughs) in the life of your average mother where she has to choose between one of her two children. One of them survives. The other one... It's it's a World War II film. You fill in the blanks. Right. So... These kind of things have popped up in different forms over the years on the web. There was this website for a while called Flick Chart, which, which I, I had totally forgotten about until I heard the episode. And I was like, oh, my God, we were obsessed with Flick I don't Chart. even know if it still exists anymore, but it was a lot of fun while it lasted and held my interest because it, all it does is pit two of your favorite films together in an effort to find out essentially what your favorite films actually are when you have to choose between one or the other. And it really gets interesting when you start doing films that you would never necessarily pair together for any other reason, making the criteria for choosing between them all the more difficult. So we had a lot of fun on that. We did, I think 10 gr- groups of two a piece. Mm-hmm. Some made a sweat. Some were a little easier than anticipated. Yeah. Some still keep me up nights. <laughs> do you, re- I, I know you do remember this because yeah. you, you just went back to, I listen listened to, to it, it today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Bad Santa versus children of men. Ooh. Still keeps me up nights. Because, <laughs> because how, how do you choose? How do you even evaluate those two films in anything other than they speak English? I mm-hmm. guess. Yeah. That's about the only mm-hmm. thing going for them. That's genre bending sort of thing. Yeah. 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 And you made me choose one of my favorite virtuoso films of the odds in favor of Billy Bob Thornton, <laughs> you know, punching a little person at one point. <laughs> yes. So, so that's what you did to me. I still haven't forgiven you for it. Anyway, that's the setup. Yeah, Anything else you want to say, Ryan? Well, so not really. I mean, there, there was, there was some tough ones in there. I remember. And I think even going back after it, I think it was like, was it The Mask versus Guardians or something? Or was it? I did it The was... Mask versus Dick Tracy. Right. Yeah, that one was tough. That one I had a lot of hard, that, that one I had a hard time. Because that's basically like, you're just any part of my childhood from age zero until, you know, 15 or whatever. You just killed it. You killed it. You made me choose between them and uh, and I still haven't forgiven you for it. So I think we're on the right, we're definitely on the right wavelength. We're in the right thought frame of mind 
for a round two. We Clayton thought it would be a really good idea to do a round two. And, uh, and folks, I think you're going to be in for one tonight. Yeah, yeah. We, this obviously works best when the people sitting across from each other know each other quite well. And Ryan and I are going on, I think, 18 years of friendship wow. now. Yeah, did you count? <laughs> it's oh, been 18 God, fucking Jesus years. Christ. <laughs> it's been 18 years. So we not only do we do the end of the year list, yeah. but we also have the college days and we have our just our normal friend hangout days. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of ammunition we both have to attack something like this <laughs> and to really make the other person squirm, scream expletives, say they're calling off the friendship, <laughs> yes. whatever it takes. So we hope that it's as much fun to listen to as it is going to be painful for us to experience right now. So the ground rules for it that we established in the last episode, which I think we'll, we'll do the, the same thing this time. It's a 30 second timer. So that you have thir- we have uh, as soon as the two films are mentioned, the timer starts. Both of us can both see the timer, and we'll give a countdown from five or a countdown at five. But if no decision is made by the time the timer runs out, that means that both of the films are gone. So when we say gone, we're sort of thinking like the you're you'll never be able to watch it ever again do we come up with it that it's we, never existed basically did. so there, there's two ways to approach yeah the concept of them being gone the first of them is well you can just never watch it again mm-hmm. so every physical copy of it every streaming option is gone forever which was so barely even a thing back it, in 2015 i just looked it up 2015 it was not really a thing no yet. way not maybe even netflix was on maybe the by then, maybe that's yeah it. Yeah, so it's either it only it only exists in your memories, what you can read about it, whatever. So that's one way. The other the other th- way of saying a film is gone is if everything ever related to it is just wiped from existence. Mm-hmm. So you never even knew it existed in the first place. Yeah. And we opted for that approach the first time around because it just kind of adds more stakes in the moment yeah. as you have to deliberate because you, you kind of get away with you talking yourself into one over the other if you can still remember it, maybe. But if it's gone forever, I mean, the stakes are yeah. sky high. And you point. still don't remember it. You're not like, oh, remember this movie that used to be around called X that I re- sort of remember being a thing. It's like, no. It's just like it never existed. So it never graced its... Per- you never graced the presence of the world yeah. ever. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what we're going to do today. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, we're not going to... We listened to the old show again. We're not going to do any of the previous matchups. However, we did say that if a particular film survived in its round of two, mm-hmm. that it was eligible for reuse in this show because technically it still exists yeah. and could show up in a different matchup. So that's one thing we br- briefly texted about yeah. going in. Right. So, I mean, but we did that, but all of mine are still, uh, this is a br- brand new. This is just like it. So those films that survived. Mine is like ninety percent. Okay, all right. So the so yeah. yeah. So so the well then, I think we should probably just kick all it right, off. All right. So Ryan, it's time to return return to the snug yet uninviting confines of the movie Deathmatch Octagon. So we've oh in the intervening seven years we've mopped up all the blood. <laughs> yeah, blood off the microphones. We mentioned that like four times in the episode. <laughs> we've been released from the ICU. <laughs> Semi-cleared of brain damage, <laughs> hired new cutmen, <laughs> and are now ready for the sequel. And this time, it's even more personal. Oh, well, the I second mean, one. This well, it's got to raise the stakes. It does. It, yes, even, yes. Okay. You're right. It's even more personal this time. And I have an admission before we start. Please, 
So you didn't cheat, did you? You hmm. always fucking cheat in these episodes. How can I fucking cheat on this? I, you'll find a way. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I take offense to that. Yeah, well, well, get used to it. So you could say that even though it's just you and me sitting across from each other on right. this 22nd of May, 2023, mm-hmm. that it's actually, even though it's just us, it's kind of a two-on-two match. It's not just one-on-one. You, Ryan McCarran, have as your partner my entire letterboxed account <laughs> of public reviews and ratings to draw from. Which can be a good thing if you're me or a bad thing if you're him. What he said. So me... You're facing off against me, Mm -hmm. and as soon as I got into this, I felt, I need something of an equalizer here, because I do feel like I'm at a little disadvantage, even though it was me who reminded you of that. For sure. So, you're facing off against me and the advice of one Casey McCarran. (laughs) 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 So you see, you had this kind of limitless ammunition supply at your disposal, and I fr- and 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 you know my 800 public publicly posted <laughs> reviews and star ratings, so I felt I needed a little bit more, and thankfully your wife was willing to meet the call. Oh my god! Okay, this is the first I'm hearing of this <laughs> by design. Okay. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so do we decide who wants to go first? Uh, well. Since I won last time, maybe you should go first. I don't remember there being a winner last time, but <laughs> the, the the you the you the listener. But because I'm a it's home field advantage, sure for you over here. Sure, I'll, yeah, I'll I'll get last ups in the ninth, maybe I guess, or in the tenth, I guess. I guess it depends if you're behind. Fair enough. <laughs> do, do you have? <laughs> do you have the timer? Did we even? Talk I do about have this? the t- yeah. So the timer, as we yeah, as I mentioned, the thirty seconds, and then give a countdown at five. All right, so. I'm throwing you kind of a, a fun lobby. Okay. I'll tell you, out, okay? my first one is a little bit that way. Like okay. That it, it, so, yeah, we're, we're going to start off light. We're just going to dip our yeah. toes in here, okay? Fair. Great. All right. Your first two films. Okay. Are in, you And you're going to time it, right? I'm going to time you're it. You're going to time it. Okay. All right. In The Revenge of Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> are, the Revenge of the One Who Died. <laughs> are Major League and The Sandlot. Oh. <laughs> Okay, so your process. we've got okay, so we've got uh, just two films that were very popular at All Out Baseball where I worked. Uh, I watched both multiple times, um, and uh, you got comedy, you got a lighthearted thing, and, you got and 10 then seconds left. Oh fuck! And um, so I am going to keep Major League. Oh! I, I don't know what I would do in that scenario. Uh, I'm going to keep Major League, I think, because what it comes down to at the end of the day is I think there are other films that can give you the emotional heft of The Sandlot and maybe not as many that would make you laugh as much as Major League. So okay. I get the baseball, plus I get the comedy. Did you see Sandlot in the theater it. as a kid? I did, and I, I, I did too. I yeah, and I immediately wanted to just start a Sandlot league. I just, I mean, it was just like this looks like the most fun ever. So interesting. So you kind of got childhood versus adulthood in that case. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I didn't see Major League until I was much old, older old enough to ostensibly watch R-rated films. Yeah. Or if you were young and showed up to All Out Baseball during the week, you could watch a big part of it because it would just play this R-rated <laughs> film in a like a customer service environment. Right. Yeah. I, I think Sandlot would have won out for me there if mm-hmm. I had d- just because I think it's just a perfect kid film of which I don't have a, a long list of, but 
I would still have potentially Bull Durham to cover the players aspect yeah. that Major League allows for in a comedy setting. Yeah. But man, yeah, well, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you did sweat with that one because it is two childhood baseball yeah, things exactly. going at each other there. Exactly. Um, okay, so uh, my first one then, and I think you had mentioned something in the beginning about the person across from you knowing sort of like, you know, knowing them and everything like that. Yeah. So my first one for you, and we're going to start the timer, is Major League Two versus the Sandlot. <laughs> Absolutely. Swear to God. Swear to God you had that on your list. You did not just make that up. That is on my list. I mean, you already kind of talked us through it a little bit. They're both so funny. They are. And that's why I went for number Major, two. Shut up. It's my time. Sorry. sorry. Major League Two <laughs> has no reason being as funny as it is for a PG <laughs> film. It really doesn't. I love both of these movies. Bob Euchre, but then you got Benny the Jet. Five seconds. You got the Beast. I keep the Sandlot. Okay. I keep the Sandlot. I, the Sandlot is, it, 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 it just, it, it captures something about the myth-making of youth, I think, that I think is really impressive, how things just seem larger than life when you're a kid. It, it kind of does this on multiple planes in the yeah. film. But it really captures, I think, that idea of a group of friends who you're probably not going to spend the rest of your life with, and there's just a few years where you're just thick as thieves. So there's that angle, and there's also just how, yeah, everything just seems bigger when you're a kid, and there's more consequences. The beast is like an actual beast, beast and not yeah. just a dog. And right. It's just a magical film to me. Yeah. So I, I would keep it probably over a lot of non-kid, non-kid-friendly films, too, just for that reason. I think it does capture something special. But you are so right about Major League Two, and that's mm-hmm. and I, I apologize for cutting into your time a little bit there. <laughs> that was just friendly fire, you know. That, that. was. Like that's oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you can feel free to do that, and I'll keep interrupting you as long as you want. <laughs> but, the, but, yeah, I think that, yeah, you're, but just to, as we talked a lot about the Sandlot, but Major League Two, it's, it's, so I saw it, I think you're probably the same way, right? You probably saw two before one? Yes. Okay, so did I. So I didn't really know what was going on contextually. Not that you need to have a whole you know, world of knowledge with Major League to know about Major League 2 because half the people are different in it. But yeah, it's really still very funny. It's very funny. Yeah, for a PG movie also. Yeah, going from like R to PG <laughs> like in the span of, of one movie is pretty impressive. You really have to strengthen your screenplay chops and find a way to craft jokes around timeless themes that don't necessarily need salty language. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, Bob Euchre does a lot of the heavy lifting himself. He does. Everything he says is gold, yeah. <laughs> but the whole film is funny. Yeah. And it, it just, it shouldn't be like nothing about it should work. It's getting rid of almost everything you would think that would make the first film great mm-hmm. and just neutering it. Right. But it works. Yeah. And it, and it's hilarious. And the story is like basically like kind of the same beats and it's pretty much the same type of, right. you know, they underdog story level higher in the playoffs. Right. Yeah, time. exactly. That, yeah. The only thing yeah. They different. just skip right over the division series, <laughs> go right to the championship series. So yeah, that's okay. All right. So we each picked one, one side of that argument that randomly we both happened to think of at the same time to think about for the same first and one. And that was going to be your first out of the gate too. Yep. It's written here in order. This These is, are this down is here. Scary how well. Yeah. I mean, this actually doesn't bode well for the rest of the <laughs> night. I, I think we're a little, little too invested in each other's film going habits. Okay. Uh, okay. So this one I thought of kind of late, and 
I think it is good. Okay. <laughs> yes, so this is going to be one film from the first decade of the new, millenn- the new century and the one from the second decade. Okay. Okay, and <laughs> both films... I'm, I'm, okay. okay, I will tell you quickly. Mm-hmm. I, I was nervous going in, but knowing that I was able to pull from your wealth of knowledge and the wealth of the very wonderful things that you've written mm-hmm. on Letterboxd, we can plug it, not right now, but at the end. Um, but I didn't know sort of, I was like, I don't know where he's going to be coming. Like we know each other and, but you know, we see a lot of things differently. I, I mean, I we had see, trouble. Yeah. I, I did have a little trouble cause yeah. I really, really, what I thought was scraped the bottom of the barrel the first time around right. using things that I knew would be heavy hitters. Yeah. And I had to kind of find a way to broaden that net this yeah. time, this time around. I did go back to the well a little bit. Sure. That's with, fine. With, with a different match. Yeah. But this was essentially what I just did not think of the first time around. Cause I, you know, I spent probably half a day thinking about it just yeah. on and off. And this is just what I could not think of. And I was pissed that I did not think of, <laughs> but, but the, the point that I'm, I'm making is that like, now I'm more nervous because you are now interacting with the person that I see 100% of the movies that I see with is the person. <laughs> oh man. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm, 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 I do wonder what is the bigger advantage of those two. <laughs> no, I'm wondering now. It's, it's kind of a wash, I, I think. I think so, yeah. Okay. I think it's good. So these are... I'll get your timer ready. Yeah, that's ready. Okay, all right, all right. Don't you worry. Okay, all right. Just making sure. Just making sure. Every second is ready. <laughs> every second timer, counts. Right? Every second counts. Okay, okay, so your next matchup is a pair of films that have been number one on Ooh, your respective list. Okay. But were never pitted against each other before. Mm-hmm. So the next item up for bid... <laughs> Is Quentin Tarantino's Inglorious Bastards versus Denis Villeneuve's Arrival? Oh no! Okay, all right. So Arrival is gorgeous. Inglorious Bastards is probably Tarantino's best movie, and he's probably been a very uh, reliable filmmaker. So is Denis, though. Oh, one's got to go, though. Niche in the fields, one. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, one kind of hits you in the fields. Seven seconds. One hits you there. Five, I'm four, going to keep three. a rival. Oh! Oh, oh. inglorious bastards. Bye. That just puts a fine point Gosh, on it, it really does. And... <laughs> And it took was, me that whole time yeah, so to do it because it because there are just is it the emotional element it of is. arrival that kept it for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of uh, it, and but it was unexpected. I think when you go into a Tarantino movie, you expect a level of quality. But by the time Arrival came out, I don't think Denis had really established himself as like you know not a filmmaker to watch. You know, internationally, the, yeah, correct. In yeah, the states probably not. Maybe not as much. I, I mean, mean he, he made and yeah were the two biggest films in the U.S. Yeah, I mean, and you kind of knew that like this guy was maybe somebody to watch, but just the 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 last just hour of that movie is is what, some of the most beautiful stuff that you've ever seen. I, so I, I agree, and I still yeah. don't know what I would have picked if you would have given me the same two films. Yeah, because I love both of those films so much. Also, my number one films from the same years. Yeah, I. Yeah, well, that will not happen, oh, but I'm thankful it won't. Man, okay. <laughs> well, we're going to have quite the uh, come down in uh, quality, I think, uh, with these next ones here. <laughs> so I, I, I kind of wanted to sort of like give you some stuff to think about, like good with good, but also maybe 
not as good with not as good. I yeah. think that's also kind of an interesting thought. Make you say some nice things about one of these two. Or, or yeah, or to see which one you actually hate more. Right, that exactly. You want to disappear. Yeah. So um, let me get my timer ready here. Uh, and your next Sophie's choice is from the movie Butcher Boy, Transformers versus Armageddon. Oh dear lord. Ooh. This is this is unexpected, Ryan. <laughs> this is this is out of left field. Oh, <laughs> uh, geez, which movie do I think is worse or better or better? I think I would keep Transformers. Okay, with nine seconds to go. Yeah, I, I would keep Transformers. Yeah. I just have no attraction for Armageddon breathing another second of air on this earth. And I kind of, you know, I, I have deep impact from the same year. True. If I want the same storyline, because mm-hmm. whenever everything in Hollywood that is worth doing is worth doing, doing more twice. than once. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. So I, I knew, so I, I put them together because yeah. I knew that you have an, a, a bit of an affinity for that first Transformers movie. I, I do. Think, I think, you know, it's, again, graded on a curve, on a, on, a, on, a, on a scale, but. Up until Bumblebee, I think it got the most right. Out of any of okay. the, out of any of the films, yeah, I would probably agree. Although there, the thing is that well, my my feelings don't matter. But like, because didn't you own Armageddon? Don't you have like? Do you have the Criterion Armageddon? I, I for some reason have that in my mind. I have the Criterion for The Rock. Oh, yeah. maybe that would have. I that don't think I own Armageddon, one, but, but if I. Yeah. If I eventually end up being a Criterion completist, I don't think I can avoid it. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's because it's, it's out there. The yeah, people are Criterion. The, the visual effects in Transformers 2007 alone would save it for me because they were just so state of the art, so ingenious, and obviously the subject matter was really cool. It was, it was the property that no one thought could ever be done, yeah. and it, they did it convincingly and. Yeah, non-animated because it, it's obviously had it had its run animated, but doing right. a live action in the live action realm. Yeah, yeah, it, and it, it got enough of the. It's based one of his more watchable movies to me, where I'm not really rolling my eyes every every 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I would keep it for many reasons, but I think the I probably put the visual effects is the main reason. It's such an important movie in the visual effects continuum. Oh, okay, all the way from. Terminator 2, Jurassic Park. Whoa, really? To now. Oh, okay. Yeah, in terms of like in its infancy, if you yeah. know what I mean? If, as soon as you're talking about things added to film beyond principal photography, when the computers get introduced, there's definitely like a sequence of landmark films you can go to. I had no and, idea. And Transformers is on that list. Okay. For sure. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's surprising. Mm. Well, Inter- okay. Interesting and unexpected yeah. prompt. Right? Well, I'm hoping that there's a few more. <laughs> Later on. Okay. All right. What do we got? So I'm going in a completely different, kind of lighter fare, pitting like with like from one of them was more of a childhood movie. Mm-hmm. One of them is a recent movie. Okay. So this is old and young McCarran <laughs> okay. duking it out. I like right? it. I like it. Okay. So I'm going comedies. Okay. Okay. Your films are... Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar versus Liar Liar. <laughs> oh, okay. I uh, probably not like the God tier carry, although it's amazing. It's great. It's great. But it's not like 94. Like that was the whole thing. Barb and Star, number four on the list that year. Christmas card. Right. Zaniness. 
Um, I think... 10 seconds. Okay, if I'm going to really stretch it out. <laughs> I got to go with my boy. I got to go with Jim. Yeah, I got to go liar, go liar. <laughs> but it's, it's definitely a... It's close? It's a harder call, because yeah. I think if you would have gone... Like Ace Ventura, any any of those movies, The Mask, I'm a Dumber, Ace Ventura, for sure. It's a it's an easier choice. Yeah, but I think that like Liar Liar, while I've seen it a ton and I've referenced it, you know, weekly, right? Um, it makes it a little bit more because Barb and Star is still one of my favorite comedies of the last like ten years. That was my thought process yeah. because so I remember when you put it on your list that year, a couple of years ago, you were saying how much it meant to your whole calendar year of movie going, and you. Your Christmas card, holiday card, yeah. was Barb and Star themed, and you watched it just multiple four or five times, times, and yeah, I think. And and for me, Liar Liar is kind of a slept-on Jim Carrey classic that I probably quote more from than a lot of his other more popular movies. Mm-hmm. I think he's a force of nature in that one, and I thought I remember you thinking the same. Yeah, so I thought that would be an interesting. You're right. Pair. Yeah, and absolutely mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, that no, was a good thought. All right. Goddamn pen is blue. The pen is blue. I'm kicking my ass. ass. Do you mind? <laughs> yeah, he because I think that you could work more uh, lines into your daily life. I mean, you know, I mean, even just like, and, 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 well, because it's also it's like the physical comedy, but it's also just sort of like oh, Audrey. Like you could just <laughs> say that, and you know exactly where it's coming from. The I fact should, that my client has been ridden more than Seattle Slough is irrelevant. Is irrelevant. <laughs> It's so good. Overactor. That's that's from the uh that's from the outtakes, <laughs> the outtakes and the credits. The outtakes are better than yeah. most modern comedies. <laughs> uh okay, so this one is a this one is a letterbox special because oh, no. uh I no. you're pulling this one we're pulling from the same filmmaker. Mm-hmm. And uh I don't know when you made this best of okay. blank. Uh, but your two films are Fargo and The Big Lebowski. Oh. A couple of Cohen classics. Back-to-back Cohen classics. Well, this one's easier for me than you probably may have dreamt up. Okay. Fargo is my favorite film of the 90s. Oh, shit. Yes, the entire 1990s. Wow. <laughs> well, I'll go ahead and pause that then. <laughs> yeah, so that makes it... Pr- seconds. Yeah, so that makes it pretty easy for me, but... Yeah. The two films you picked, just to draw it out a little bit more, are very different. And it's like the Coens were just slowing down from what I think is a crime classic, generational crime classic. And they just make something that I don't even know how you categorize The Big Lebowski. It's just eccentric. I think it's just... It, I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's so idiosyncratic yeah. and could only have come from their brains. I mean, you can actually say that a lot about a lot of their movies, but something about the big Lebowski is so unique to them that I could never dream of another filmmaker doing it. Yeah. But, um, but they also, because they're masters at it because they also could do it. What I probably should have done again, thinking about it now. Hmm. What if we did just, just rapid fire. What if we did, Lebowski yeah. versus Burn After Reading. Oh fuck! Yeah, okay. so so that that would have been probably because I so oh, the reason is that it, no, yeah, <laughs> let's just do that. Let's, let's okay, go with that all right, right ready? Let's, three, let's, two. Let's, let's call an audible. Let's just do that. Okay, three, two, one, and we're doing uh, oh, Big Lebowski versus Burn After Reading. Go! No, I love Burn After Reading. I love it so much. <laughs> 
and the Big Lebowski is just fuck. All right, Th- this is fine work, sir. Uh, yeah, okay, uh, ensemble screwball idiotic cast against smaller cast weird crime five seconds porn. Uh, <laughs> I get burnt after reading. Oh, I don't know. That is surprising. I don't know if I'm gonna regret that on the drive home from here. That is surprising because. I do think The Big Lebowski is a better film. Mm-hmm. It's it's going to last, if you know what I mean. Yes. It's going to be the movie that is worthy of its own festival. And yeah. It's gonna, it's the kind of movie that's going to have 20, 30-year retrospectives. Already has. Already has, yeah. <laughs> Burn After Reading, I think, is just slightly more hued to my kind of comedy. I agree. That is so absurd and the farce of it it runs so deep Malkovich by himself might put it over the Big Lebowski even though again I love the Big Lebowski and the Big Lebowski has my funniest scene of all time if really if you were to ask me the question which I will ask myself now please do the scene where he dumps Donnie's ashes off the cliff (laughs) is a scene where I, Walter I, I, I mean, almost, yeah, yeah. When, Walt, when John Goodman dumps the ashes into the dude's face, <laughs> I don't think I was able to finish the film. I was laughing so hard. The uh, look on Bridges' face. It says it all. Perfect. He's perfect. saying nothing, but you have all the context of everything that both Walter has done and everything that has happened God to the dude. Damn it, Walter. Yeah. You fucked it up. <laughs> you made it about Vietnam. What's all that shit about Vietnam, man? Yeah, I'm too sorry, dude. I fucked it up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that being said, I think Burn After Reading is just is more my kind of film. Okay. And I do have a good experience watching in the theater. Mm-hmm. Where, did I see it with you? I might have maybe it was, it was at Burbank. Burbank, Burbank. Yeah. All I remember is there wasn't there was only a handful of people laughing throughout the entirety <laughs> yeah. of the film, and I was one of them. Mm-hmm. I would have been one of them too. Yeah, because most people I think just did not get the humor, and they just because it the, it doesn't really make sense. I feel like it's it, and it, there's a I, I think you can make the argument about the burn after reading kind of being our version of Big Lebowski because when people saw Big Lebowski, it's kind of like all right, well there's interesting people doing funny stuff, but it maybe it took a few viewings or it took a little bit of time. And this, I feel like is the same kind of thing. You can, yeah. you can look back on it and be like, yeah, this is my irreverent uh, yeah. Cohen era right here. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> both films are so good. That was, that was extremely tough. What did we learn? Uh, well, <laughs> we learned never to do it again, I guess. <laughs> well, what? <laughs> we, we have her to do what with? <laughs> <laughs> it, it never ends. Oh man! It's nice audible there. Thank you, thank you. All right, yeah. I'm, I'm glad I came up with it. Yes. Okay. Moving on. Okay. A similar theme to Bastard's Arrival. Mm-hmm. So the challenge was a lot of your favorite films from the previous decade we covered in our decade podcast. We did. And so I, on paper, know your answer based on those rankings. Mm-hmm. I mean, something could have changed, but not likely in the last couple of years. So. Doing this, I had two choices if I wanted to do things that you and I have actually talked about together. It's either before the decade podcast or in the two or three years after. So with that in mind, your next two films are Once Upon a Time in Hollywood <laughs> versus 
Joachim Trier is the worst person in the world. Ooh. Oh, man. This is another tough one. You've do, you, you done good, kid, with this one. <laughs> both number one films. Both number one films. Both very, uh, you know, very different. Uh, but coming of age, I guess. And both, uh, man. Uh, e- uh, I'm going to keep... Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Ooh. I think. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I thought you'd have trouble with this one because... Yeah. One, the worst person in the world seemed like one of those, this is where I am now. Correct. Movies. Yeah. Which carries a lot with it. Yeah. And, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it, it, yeah. I mean, but I think they both kind of are, but it, for different reasons. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, like worst person in the world is very much like, this is who I am as a, as a person. Right. But the the summer that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood came out is very uh, vivid to me. And I think that that is also driving it too, is like, yeah, like going to see the movie the first time and not really kind of knowing what it is I was watching or thinking it was going to be something totally different. I think I even mentioned it in, in the pod that year that, yeah, I kind of thought this was going to be like Inglorious Bastards, but with the Sharon Tate murders. Yeah. And it's not that at all. And I think that having that expectation going into it, it's kind of like, I, this is not what I was expecting. But then going to see it again, like at the Arclight Hollywood, they had the props there. It was a sold out show. We went to Musso and Frank's like after the movie was over. And so we're, sort you know, we're seeing like literally we're seeing the place where they filmed the movie like right there, you know, not an hour afterwards. Yeah. So I think that that probably overtakes it a little bit more. Just kind of like you could see that. Yeah, I mean, it's just, just kind of absorbed and yeah, a and lot of the vibe of that movie here. And we saw it. I mean, we saw it at AMC. We saw it at ArcLight. We saw it at the New Beverly. Like we just sort of like hit all of the spots, like all of like the LA movie spots when we went to go see it. And uh, yeah, it kind of had a nice little hold on us for and me specifically for uh, for for that amount of time. Yeah. So. I remember yeah, seeing the second viewing was huge for you with that one. Yeah, it, all it was just came together. Yeah, and I think just one. kind of figuring out what it is, or fi- you know, learning to just sort of let it just be, you know, l- just kind of go on a journey, go on this on this thing. It's, it's going to be meandering a little bit, but it's such a cool hangout, and we still watch it to this day. I mean, it's like we still throw it on, and I think one year during uh, COVID when Casa Vega was open, yeah, they were selling you know cocktails to go, and we got some Mexican food from Casa Vega and we got the Tarantino margarita and we watched the movie and ate the food. It was great. Yeah. So yeah, it was a, it, it was a, it was a tougher choice because obviously, yeah, worst person it was, there was a certain time in, in my life when that was like, Oh shit, here we are. You yeah. know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, you've seen it. So yeah, those are the, those are the films that make these lists kind of interesting yeah. because they, they just have a, a different kind of hook in you mm-hmm. that can vault it ahead of something that you might think would win otherwise. Definitely. Yeah. All right. So your what next, you got? uh, I'll lay it on you. So my next one is this, this, this is going to be a little bit more recent, okay. I would think, oh, no. uh, okay. incredibly recent okay. actually. So right. we're going to go with the last two number ones after sun versus wheel of fortune and fantasy. <laughs> did, I, did I do something to you in a past life? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you gave me very different films. <laughs> Yes. You got an anthology film centered on female regret and longing against a devastating father-daughter relationship film. Oh. 
Oh, both films. Oh, three that were seconds. Not on my radar. After Sun. Oh, <laughs> sorry about that. Where's my five second? Uh, I was I was writing something down. I was writing something down. Don't so fuck I didn't this forget. up, Karen. There's a lot on the line. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, so you're keeping After Sun. I'm keeping After Sun. Wheel of Fortune. See you later. See you later. I guess I still have Drive My Car, Hamaguchi's other mm-hmm. film from that year. Which I thought about putting those two together, but I knew that Wheel of Fortune Fantasy yeah. was number one, and I knew that that was not as so. Yeah, that was, that, was good, that, was good, that would have been too easy. That was a yeah. good instinct. Yeah. yeah. After, I mean, both films I did not see coming. Both made my list very late into the year. And After Sun was the second coming of Arrival for me in terms of what it actually did to me. And I, I didn't even see it in a theater mm-hmm. either. I was watching it on a very comparatively small smart TV trapped in a Montreal hotel room during Transformers. And yeah, it it, it is, I think I've said enough about it to explain where I, where that movie left me and how in emotional shambles I was, mm-hmm. but for it being her first film, Charlotte Wells's instincts were magnificent in terms of slow building an emotional response that never felt calculative or manipulative. And after the movie finished, it just all culminates in this massive emotional feeling that, just really it's still with me to this day i'm almost nervous about watching the movie again not because i think it's gonna decrease but i think i'm just nervous about going through yeah you gotta like go through the journey going through it again yeah i so i mean i I just got the a24 blu-ray so i've told myself i will watch it again at some point but yeah that that movie uh that movie dug its claws i gotcha yeah i gotcha yeah i gotta go with after sun okay inspired pick Okay. Halfway through, baby. Halfway through. Here we go. Five through ten are gone. Okay. So, another oddball pairing for you here. Okay. Fairly recent films that you've probably never thought about in the same sentence. Okay. Because why would you? Why would I? Okay. Now, before I before I say it, I, there's there's definitely an external conversation around one of these films, but we'll, we'll try to avoid thinking about that. And okay. Just think about the movies on their own terms. Got it. Okay. Cause this has been a sticking point for you in the past. I think I know Your where you're going. I think I know where you're going. Baby driver and Spider-Man into the spider verse. <laughs> okay. I wasn't expecting the second one. I, okay. Uh, oh man. Yeah. Gosh. Number ones, consecutive years, how many times did you see Baby Driver? We saw that seven times in the theater. It was your dark night. It really was. I, it just it came out of nowhere, frankly. Uh, but Spider Verse is a Marvel, uh, not literal. I mean, like a Marvel, like Marvelous. Yeah. Um, and you I think I have to. Five, four, pick, three, I have to two, keep Baby one. Driver. Oh! <laughs> no. I, tell me. Are you having immediate regrets? Do you think you did the right thing under the gun? Ah, that's the problem. You're always going to walk away knowing you maybe maybe you fuck one up. <laughs> Such is life. But the problem is, is I I just don't know if you can have a conversation about the movie without everything else. It's so tough, you know. The only thing I can say is to put yourself in the mindset of just having seen it. That's the only thing that can separate it. Okay. Then, yeah. Then, okay. Yes, for sure. Then Baby Driver wins. Yeah. I okay. Think. Yeah. Because there's... Cause, the, cause yeah. Normally animated films don't make 
either of our lists, and which is a, a, tra- a travesty. I don't know. Maybe. I, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, there's there's probably some really good ones. Yeah. And we normally just don't make time for them because I don't think they have as much of our attention as they they may Correct. they may have used to. But that's why putting into the Spider Verse as your number one film was shocking. always stuck with me. Yeah. Because me too. It was just way because out of I nowhere I remember me. there being a. a a definite like gap. I'm like, I don't know. What's the best movie of the year? Like, is it mission impossible fallout? Maybe, I don't know, you know? And so when I, when I saw that and it was like, it just blew me away, knocked my socks off. But you could say the same thing about baby driver. I mean, the thing that I, and and I've mentioned this multiple times on podcasts is that the thing that draws me in, in life and it draws me in, in movies and especially is music. Mm-hmm. And whether it's the score or the soundtrack or whether it is, and that's maybe why I love Once Upon a Time in Hollywood very much, you know, because it's got that kind of through line of like, a, you know, you're listening to a radio station essentially the whole time. And, um, but I'm always looking for times in movies when the action in the movie matches up with the beat of the music. So it always, I was always uh, a little tickled whenever that happened in like Pirates of the Caribbean. Because yeah. I was always thinking that in the back of my mind. I always wanted it to, to, to match up. But then when the swords actually matched up, it was like, oh my God, this is great. So the fact that the entire movie is essentially just beats, you know, and the whole movie, it's just, it's a marvel of, of sound Ingen- editing. Ingenuity. And, oh yeah. I mean, it's totally original and, yeah. and just, uh, you know, I mean, problematic people aside, <laughs> there's multiple in there now, unfortunately, but, uh, oh, there's just, right. yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. There's, there, there really was nothing like, uh, seeing that one for the first time. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm going to go with. Yeah. I'm going to go with baby driver. All right. Well, I think we've both done pretty well in making the other sweat up. To this I think point. so. I think and, so. Yeah. Not bad for this being the second time we've <laughs> done this where you think <laughs> all the, the cannon fodder would have been exhausted by oh, now. Oh, no. But, oh, no. There's oh, there's plenty. plenty. There's plenty more of that well to draw from. Okay. Well, then we're going to we're gonna shift a little bit, and uh, we're going to go back to the uh, the one-and-a-half-star reviews <laughs> together here. I hope we'll have a little bit of Another fun Another worst this of one. the worst? Another worst of the worst. Okay. But this one, I think, is even worse than the one I gave you before, <laughs> in your case. Not in my case, in your case. So your oh, next okay. choice okay. is... Which one's got to go? Which one's you going to keep between The Matrix Resurrections and Avengers Infinity War? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. What is this? Oh. 20 seconds. Oh, oh God. I, I don't even know what thought process to go through here. I, oh, fuck. Fuck. Oh, God. Eight seconds. uh, Five seconds. Keep Infinity War. Oh, Oh, you really hated The Matrix 4. I did. (laughs) I I guess if I have to unpack that. Please do. That's what we're here for. (laughs) If I have to unpack that, if people care, because normally I haven't. I don't care if they care. (laughs) I care. Fuck them. Yeah, so. Definitely, I'm an outlier in Infinity War. For sure. I'm aware of that. I'm on Island Clayton, Island the Shank, mm-hmm. with Infinity War. I, for me, it was just that Infinity War was, and this is the film I'm keeping. The reason I didn't like it, in a nutshell, was that any semblance of stakes or personal emotional relationship to the material 
for me was killed in that film. Like for the rest of it, like it, 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 it all been building to that film and I just did not really find where it goes satisfying. I, I didn't think of it. It's just one of the weirdest films ever made. It does not exist without its counterparts. Like, if you walk into that movie, it makes zero goddamn sense, and there's a lot of it. And so it, it's just a weird movie. It doesn't really have traditional arcs or three-act structure. It's just different, and so it just did not sit well with me, and... I thought it was anyway i could go on about that one but that's the one you kept that's the one i kept <laughs> now matrix resurrections i actively despised <laughs> for a number of reasons i was just i kind of felt watching it the way i did when when star wars rise of skywalker started playing where <laughs> i was so out of it from so early on yeah. that most of my viewing experience was just a thought experiment of, of, of how bad can this get? And that's the only thing keeping me here because I want to see the, the depths. <laughs> What's to. the pinnacle or the yeah. depth, I guess. Yeah. I, for that I mean, case, there yeah. were, there were plenty of milestones along the way in major resurrections that led it to where it is on this list right now. But I was just so angry by it. I was so angered by it. And, and Infinity War was probably more just disappointment because I didn't have a big emotional investment to begin with mm-hmm. in Marvel. But I really like my theater experiences with the first three Matrix films. Like they're really they're really fun Special memories to, you. to yeah, go back yeah. to, especially the first one. And to see that this is what was the product of, you know, twenty years potentially of development. I was just, I was just livid, and I, I wanted to just rinse the taste of it out of my mouth right, right when it was over. So, in terms of just visceral knee-jerk reactions, Matrix is the worst film. For okay, me. all right, yeah. You didn't think they maybe did that on purpose? Which part? I, I kind of because I, I liked it. I yeah. liked it. I, oh yeah, we never really talked about it. Yeah, we? that's that's why also yeah. why I wanted to bring it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've only seen it the once. I haven't, I haven't gone back and revisited, mm-hmm. but. I, I, I thought it was a pretty funny way for them to not make it seem like a cash grab. I think that the, the, the way that they talk about the first act mainly. Yeah. Kind of more, more, more so that where, where, yeah, like they're, they're actively making fun of the matrix or actively making, you know, like doing this whole meta commentary on it. I thought that was a really clever way for them to just sort of be like, we don't really want to do this, but the studio kind of wants us to, so we're just going to go ahead and do it, I guess. I, I, I can see the... Yeah, a lot of people did like that part of it. I, I definitely see where you're coming from there. To me, it was still so... The execution of it was still so grating that even though I saw that hand being played, I still just could not bear to watch it. Like, it, it was just... It, granted, the meta-ness of it, of course... But I still found not a scintilla of it enjoyable mm. to watch, even though I think the kernel of a good idea is in the film, having all of Neo's accomplishments simply being erased yeah. without really him being aware of it and and all that. But it, it's just for me the beginning, the beginning of the end <laughs> <laughs> of the beginning. The, the sounding of the, of the yeah. death knell was when they started playing the actual Matrix footage in the background. <laughs> of new movie footage. Yeah. 
and everything about the original Matrix footage is just superior in every conceivable way. I agree with that. The whole aesthetic, the vibe, the mystery. And for me, it was one of those old maxims. Never remind me of a movie I should be watching more. Mm -hmm. Fair (laughs) enough. But inspired pick, Ryan. Thank you. I did not. You didn't think you were going to have to come on. Mentally, for the worst of the worst being introduced. I think that's a. I think that's a fun twist. Maybe we'll have to do that next time. It is. Yes, you will not find any such examples on my list. Fair enough. I think the show is the poorer for it. (laughs) (laughs) You're too kind. All right, what you got? What's next? Okay, next I'm going to again. Okay. Childhood Ryan is about to fight adult Ryan. Oh boy. Once again. Oh well. I mean that happens daily. So (laughs) what's new? Touche. Okay. Okay, so going with apples and oranges here. You tell me which one tastes better. You've got Damien Chazelle's Whiplash versus Tim Burton's Batman, 1989. (laughs) Oh man. (laughs) Apples and fucking oranges is right. Oh man, gosh, yeah. I and I gotta. I'm looking at. I'm looking at my my pop figure of Batman 1989. I'm looking at 15 seconds on the clock. Fuck you. I'm going. Now I'm looking at 10 seconds. Keep Batman. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. Oh. Oh, Is it the? What is it about? 89 Batman. Is it, is it nostalgia? It really basically? is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. nostalgia kind of trumps the, um, that, I mean, just the, the breathless emotional mm-hmm. ride that the last 45 minutes of whiplash is. And yeah. never before has a raise of an eyebrow ever portended to such future doom <laughs> as the end of that movie does where you're like, Oh, they're just in like a really toxic thing going a on. Tailspin. Oh my God. But yeah, I mean, it's you know we talked about Batman a million million different ways, a million different times. But I was never actually allowed to see the original Batman when it came out. I was too young. I was four, I didn't see it three, four much years old. Older. Yeah, I didn't and, see it till after the Schumacher movies. Yeah, I'm probably in there too. I can't I can't remember the first time I I, I watched it, but I I just you know it's just it's pure Batman to me. I mean, yeah. I you know we were discussing it even the other night. Uh, Casey and I about about 1989 versus Dark Knight Rises, and I was like, "Well, <laughs> right, well, <laughs> thanks for making me choose between my children." Yeah. They're expecting so. one of us in the wreckage, brother. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> but I think at the end of the d- well, no, I I won't. We that's not a part of it, but. Uh, I actually made a reference to Batman 1989 as we were sitting down. I were at a long ass table, and I said, "You know, I don't think I've ever been in this room before." <laughs> so the nostalgia mostly wins. The nostalgia today. wins out, and uh, honestly, I I think it's funny. Uh, you know, I, I I did definitely fanboy out at the new Flash promotional stuff, you know, and mm-hmm. I, there, there's part of me that wishes they would maybe hold back a little bit, but I understand from a studio standpoint, they're kind of like, hey, look at all these other people that are in this movie and not the horrible person who's at the lead of it who <laughs> we've refused to fire. So well, um, it is interesting that they're kind of going the Spider-Man route, I think, with Flash, and but for very different reasons mm-hmm. and making him a co-player in his own film. His own film, yeah. And... I mean, if you're going to pick a co-player, 
Bravo. Michael Keaton's Batman saying, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. That's what you want to go with. I mean, you're catching all the 30s and 40-somethings <laughs> with that. Not that we weren't going to see it already, but, yeah. man, holy smokes. Yeah. Uh, I guess, I mean, because in case you wanted to know, mm-hmm. my verdict on the same pairing. Yeah. I got a question for the Joker. Are you rushing or are you driving? <laughs> <laughs> well... Speaking of one of those films, I don't I know how this... We do not pair up our list beforehand. Are you kidding me? There's another back-to-back tie-in about to happen here? All right. My number six for you is Whiplash versus Arrival. It's just that easy. Oh, my God. <sighs> Whiplash versus Arrival. Number one films of 2014 yeah. and 2016 for both of us. Emotional but it's different reasons. It's only happened a few times. Those are two of them. Yeah. You got breakneck thriller, sometimes literally a broken neck. Again, <laughs> 10 seconds. A deep cut emotional, intellectual sci fi powerhouse. Five seconds. Keep an arrival. There we go. Yeah. I yep. got to keep arrival. I think, I think our, our, our chat earlier, I think maybe inspired that a little bit too. Mm, I think. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, they're both tour de force films. Oh, yeah. In their own ways. And yeah, I still think, I still think arrival is the perfect Christopher Nolan film he's never made. That's a great point. It, it really is. Yeah. Like if you think about what he's tried to do in interstellar and inception, not so much tenant or, or Dunkirk, but trying to marry the emotional with the intellectual. I think Villeneuve did it better by a healthy margin than Nolan's ever done. I mean, interstellar might be the closest. I think, Nolan's yeah, ever come to, it's pretty emotional to striking a balance. And it is very emotional. I think, when taken as a complete piece, though, I think, I think Arrival hits the center of the bullseye okay. throughout the entire film. It's like a one and a one A Whiplash and uh, Arrival, probably. Yeah. You had to to put them together. Yeah, I I think Arrival. Yes, I I'm yeah. not. I I am sad to lose Whiplash because it was such a thrill ride. Yeah. And has an all time J.K. Simmons performance in it. But I mean, what like what I mean. <laughs> to, to 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 look at that movie on paper about what it's about and you know you think of it, it's like oh the 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 trials and tribulations of this one kid who wants to go to a music school and be a drummer you're like mm-hmm. what <laughs> but then it's par- it's 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 perfectly married with like all of the other drama the baggage all the bullshit and and just like you said the wonderful JK performance is there another film like Whiplash that has that what's another film like that I mean we don't have to dwell on this yeah that, that's has that kind of destructive relationship at its core. I mean, the dark Knight is kind of like that for different reasons where they're just going to keep bringing each other down mm-hmm. into lower and lower and murkier and murkier depths. But yeah. I don't know if I can, I mean, I'm, they have to exist, but I just can't think of one right now at the top of my head where yeah. it's like two characters just in that psychological tailspin where they're, they're each just, slowly unraveling the other yeah and there's a little bit of sadism mixed in a little bit of obsession like ooh, good stuff yep love them both all right okay so oh i'm so excited about this one oh my gosh okay (laughs) it's so funny that that whatever the one person is excited for the other person (laughs) is just not (laughs) i don't know what's gonna come out of your mouth i don't know what if if i'm i know so unlike the other entries maybe except for one a little bit of a pretext to this. It, it, this is more for the benefit of the people listening. Okay. We're not just talking about the films themselves mm. in terms of what gets selected. 
oftentimes there is an emotional experience surrounding the film. Correct. That if we're playing this to its most logical conclusion, would also be thrown into the incinerator if that film is no longer here. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Okay. With that in mind, your two films are Star Wars The Last Jedi versus The Phantom Menace. <laughs> Ryan, wherever can you be going? You only have 21 seconds left. I should have saved this one. Fuck. Man. I think I got some better ones, but this one maybe. Oh, man. How much time? 10 seconds. (laughs) Fuck. How do I even. You want them both to be gone? Five, four, three. I keep the Phantom Menace. I don't know. Like. What what even is that? So nowhere in my entire life will I ever have to choose between those two. Ever. This is the only context. So for anyone who hasn't been following along in the last <laughs> fourteen years, what is it about I, I mean The Last Jedi is pretty recent. I think anyone yeah. following us would probably have a good idea of where you are with that one. But what is it about the Phantom Menace? that you hold so dear. So I will start it by saying this is a more emotionally driven. And I probably would have answered the same way had you not brought that up beforehand. Um, But the last Jedi is my favorite star Wars movie. So, I mean, there's that we're playing into that. Yeah. The Phantom Menace is not my favorite star Wars movie. We just had it on the other night for May 19th because that's when it came out. Uh, this is the only circumstance where that film would ever come out ahead of this yeah. of Last Jedi. Because it's it and I don't want to tell the whole story, but I mean it was a big time in my life. It was a big time in everybody's life. I feel like when the Phantom Menace was coming out, it was everywhere. It was on chips, it was on soda, it was like everything that you could tie into it. It was just the whole a new Star Wars. Film? Oh my god! Six, like seven, 16, sixteen years, years later, after like Return of the Jedi. I mean, it just pulled everything into its gravitational field. Yeah, you couldn't avoid it, and everybody saw it. It's a huge hit. Um, but it just, you know, I got the day off of school that day. I went with my friend, and we like hung out with all the different Star Wars fans and in line, and it was a big deal getting tickets and. You know, it's just everything about that is just so memorable to me. And and I think kind of thinking back on it now and in the context of The Last Jedi versus this movie is that it's my Star Wars. Yeah. The, the original trilogy, love it. Great films, obviously, all of them. I wasn't around for them. I wasn't alive for any of them. I wasn't even born when the last one came out. Yeah. So I saw them all in the theater. I had, you know, I, I, I was a fan of it, but... This was like a time when I could be like, this is a Star Wars movie that I could see in the theater. And I mean, I saw that movie six times, I believe, in the theater. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. so I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's definitely up there. I mean, again, it, I can barely recount the plot to you. It's so confusing. I don't think George Lucas can either. It's so confusing. But it's just every moment has its own... Something about tax breaks or it's like yeah (laughs) or uh, treat yeah trade routes and and the queen and 
you know, yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. It's, it's really tricky, but, um, (laughs) but I do love it. I do continue to love it. And I, I just, it's a blind spot for me. I mean, it never, I think it's the best of the prequel trilogy. I think people might say revenge of the Sith. I might've said revenge of the Sith beforehand, but I think just watching revenge of the Sith again, like, uh, at least episode one has, some like practical things and it doesn't look too much like a video game kind of like the the later movies do there's very just like a like a very clean sheen over everything because everything is cgi whereas they're actually shooting in tatooine phantom menace is another one of those landmark visual effects films yeah i believe it i was talking about earlier the pottery scene we just watched through the night incredible Mm -hmm. no i mean the first extensive use of green screen Mm -hmm. and that you know to not just depict it's not like a background or worlds right you're interacting with it you know yeah 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 yeah, for sure Mm -hmm. so you know that's sort of my my blind spot i guess of it it's it's just a it's a film that i just love it despite itself and i have to pick it over what i consider the my favorite star wars (laughs) movie for god's sake so well i'm glad we could have had we had we had this therapy session (sighs) right now for you because you probably waking up today did not think that (laughs) you were gonna have to pick between two films in the same saga yeah. that hold special significance for very different, different reasons. Different reasons. Yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. it is. That's definitely what it is. Well, Man. I should have saved that one for the well, end. Well, that's okay. But the show must go on. The show on. must go on. And uh, so this one's kind of like a... This is sort of like a Clayton... Like, We've got three rounds left here? Uh, like four eight. for me, three for you. Uh, yeah, I'm on yeah. number seven. Yeah, so, yeah. okay. Um, so this is kind of like a Clayton classic. <laughs> These are like movies that I associate with you loving when I first met you. Okay. Um, you know, and like, yeah, so that's pretty much what I'll say about it. So the mm-hmm. two films that you have to choose from, again, very different genres, Kingpin versus American Psycho. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, when, like, when I went to Montreal, yeah. did you just like turn into the Marquis de Sade? <laughs> yeah. like, 20 seconds. What happened? Uh <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, Farrelly Brothers classic. Some of the best potty humor I'd ever seen at that age. Against my, one of my favorite dark comedies of all time. I keep American Psycho. Ooh, ooh, mm. you're, losing, so you're losing Big Earn, baby. I'm lost Big Earn McCracken. <laughs> <laughs> I can get a lawyer. Anything. Anything. And I'll walk. <laughs> yeah, of course there was pressure. I didn't want to get beat by a guy with a hook, you know. Uh, uh, oh. But but you're oh. keeping the the fact that I could uh, text you at like drunk at twelve thirty when Another I'm watching martini, Paul. Yeah, when I'm when I'm watching it when I'm in uh, Arizona, just drunk off my ass, yeah. and American Psycho was on, and I could just text you. Get a goddamn job, Al. And you got like, a negative attitude. That's what's stopping you. You, you got to get shit. your act together. I'll help you. I uh, just talk me through it's, it. It's the most quotable film of all time for me. Okay. Speaking only for me, I think almost everything said in that film, especially from Bale, is an instant classic. It's <laughs> it's the line, it's the delivery, it's the facial expression. He is just on to something in that film that I think is eternal. (laughs) It is such a masterpiece of depravity. And if you've read the book, which I have, I read it after I saw the film. 
it just enriches it that much more, <laughs> even though the movie is basically a PG version of the book. That's if, incredible, because that, that movie is harsh. Oh, some parts of the book are legitimately difficult to read, mm. and that's coming from someone with a pretty strong stomach. Yeah. And, yeah, I it's just, it's too timeless for me. I, I didn't even laugh that much the first time I saw American Psycho. I did not see it in the theater. I think I watched it with our mutual friend Justin for the first time mm-hmm. and went through it and was more just interested in where it was going as a narrative than I was laughing at it with it, whatever the case would be. Mm-hmm. And the second time I watched it, because I knew I had to see what else was there, I had to go into it again, I it clicked. I could not stop laughing. <laughs> I tapped into whatever wavelength, Bale, Brett Easton Ellis' source material, director Mary Heron, we're on to there and it just became an endless delight and so <laughs> it is just it's on probably my top 10 of all time yeah i cannot get enough american psycho i i laugh consistently and just as hard every time i watch it what would ivanka trump be doing in texarkana <laughs> real beehive of activity halberstram <laughs> this place is hot <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, lay it on me. Oh, I, I, I'm still, I, I'm still. I do lament the loss of Kingpin. Yeah, I'm I know. Pour one out for Roy Munson <laughs> and Bigger and McCracken and whatever the fuck Randy Quaid's character's name was. <laughs> Search me, man. I'm still trying I'd to. Sooner ap- be Munson out in the middle of nowhere. I'm still trying to apply the salve to the burn I just had from the last one. So <laughs> I'm hoping. I should have brought an aloe vera plant with me. Be gentle. <laughs> That's okay. Liar Liar. That's from Liar Liar. <laughs> yep, I knew that was the right Carrie movie to go with. Okay. I'm going to do a little bit of an outside-the-box matchup here. Okay, we like those. It's not exactly the box. one film against another film. Oh, shit. It's a bigger consideration. So this is your team. So, n- this is... What? I said, this is your cheat. <laughs> I guess. I guess. If I'm cheating, you did too, because you did it in the first show. I did that. You're right. You're so, right. You're right. Okay. okay. Your next matchup is Star Wars 4 through 6 versus the Dark Knight trilogy. Ooh. Oh, God. Yeah. Wow. Fuck. <laughs> you got 20 seconds. Oh, I, I, the, wheels are, the wheels are a turn in here. So we've got... We've got classic DC, classic sort of uh, comic hero versus. Oh my god, man! Ten I'm just. Seconds left. Oh my god! Uh, it's almost ooh, one second let's for every film. Keep the Star Wars trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> and the truth shall set you free. I'm gonna tell you something. Another liar, liar. Immediate reference. regret. I have immediate regrets. <laughs> oh no! Immediate. Oh, but think of okay. Work, no, work I, it out with me right now. So, yeah. Okay. Maybe you don't regret it as much as you think. Just Maybe think, just... Now you can breathe, think... Okay. Better. Maybe because I'm... I need to have a frank conversation with myself about how... About where The Dark Knight uh, is, is... Ranks in my all-time films. Right. Like, it probably conceivably could be as high as number two. It's up there. Of all time. Mm-hmm. So we're losing that. Mm-hmm. That movie is... <laughs> perfect <laughs> but at the same token if i had to pick a second favorite star wars movie empire strikes back yeah. 
You know, everybody loves that one. And the magic of a new hope can't be. Of course, of course. Can't so be much rationalized away. So much good stuff. I mean, maybe you know, who knows? Me without Star Wars, maybe there even isn't a Batman yeah, trilogy butterfly, already. Butterfly effect. Yeah. So you know, and I think when when you're thinking about the trilogies and you're thinking about the, these sets of movies, you want to think about also about what is left if you lose one. Yeah. You know, like it's tough to lose a middle movie in a trilogy. Because, you still have other Star Wars. Yeah, films. I still have other. Even I, if they don't make any sense. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe. Potentially. And they're the questionable, uh, you know, like sci-fi or uh, CGI, but visual effects. But I think that, yeah, like, so e- even if I lost, since I lost the Dark Knight trilogy. <laughs> Just hearing those fuck, words. <laughs> Jesus, man. Since I lost that one, I'm going to rationalize it for myself. Because I do love Batman 1989. I mean, because I still have Batman. I have Batman Returns. And then I have the camp schlockiness of Batman and Robin and Batman Forever. And you've got the dumpster fire of Snyder's films. And Snyder, of course. Oh, how could I forget? You got Robert Pattinson. Yeah, I got got Pattinson. Yeah, I I, I can still, you know, but again, would would my enjoyment of those movies be lessened if these other ones didn't come around? So we'll see. But um yeah i i'm having less regret okay but i still regret a little bit <laughs> still a little bit okay okay so another letter another uh as we're coming down the home stretch here another letterbox classic oh, another letterbox no. special i wouldn't i wouldn't i would i would save your own nose until the last the last one <laughs> So this uh, there's one there's one pairing of films that I have in my head. I don't think you're going to get there because it would be too random. Yeah, you could conceivably based on letter star rankings, but it's the it's the matchup that I don't think I'd have an answer. Um, but I think you're going to end up saying one of these films. But All right, we'll have to yeah. we'll, we'll have to get there when we get there. Mm-hmm. So this one is kind of a silly one because I wanted to pick. So I went through your list of uh, top films by a different filmmaker. Mm-hmm. So I picked the best, the ones that I kind of thought fit well together. And this is the number two films from these particular directors. And you have to choose between Miami Vice and Saw. And Saw? Yeah. Like the first Saw film. The first Saw film. James Wan. Second, your, second, your second favorite James Wan film versus your second favorite <laughs> Michael Mann film. Interesting. Yeah. I, how, do you, how do you pick? 15 th- seconds. This is an easy one for me. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's it's Miami Vice by a million years. Wow. Yeah. I think Miami Vice is a masterpiece. I tried to watch it again mm-hmm. and I couldn't get into couldn't it. Get I enjoyed it. it. Yeah. I enjoyed yeah. it when I saw it the first time. Mm-hmm. And then rewatching it in the last like five years, I was kinda like, Ugh, I don't know what's happening. I, here. I can see that. It's I, messy. It, it it is, but I just was excited that I had the number two films for each one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well let me let me think back here. Go ahead. So Saw was a really fun experience to see with a crowd mm-hmm. and it's you know the, the declining quality of the sequels aside it was a really fun movie to see for the first time especially yeah in with a group it just had twists and turns it mm-hmm. was unique it was it was just deranged and yeah and it, it had a lot of it had a lot up its sleeve uh miami vice has increased for me in terms of resonance, probably 20 fold since the first time I saw it. Wow. I saw okay. it, I did see it in the cinema and I remember enjoying it. I have zero 
cataloging in mind of the original 80s show. I don't think I've ever even seen an episode. Not that it's even attached it's, it's to it at necessary. all. Yeah. yeah. So I think I maybe was in a better position to enjoy it from not having any preconceptions. But when taken as a mood piece, Miami Vice for me is just brilliant. Uh, it, it From beginning to end, it is so... It is too cool for school in a way I actually love it is just some of it's so ludicrous some of it's it's just so poignant in weird ways like the way that michael mann shoots skies in that film i still wish i could just you know burn into my retinas and just see that walking around like nobody shoots skies better than michael mann i i just love the the coldness of the movie but yet cool I, I love the ridiculousness of it. The whole idea about taboo mojitos being exchanged. Like <laughs> I I just love everything he's doing and I'm a little biased, I'm sure. Michael Mann is really high up there mm-hmm. for me when considering the filmography. But I I just am absolutely smitten by Miami Vice okay. for reasons I could keep going on, but I'll cut it off there. There we go. Yeah. All right. Very, very unexpected pairing there. Yeah, I thought and that was kind of fun. It, it probably would have been more difficult had you had an insight into my brain. Which <laughs> yeah. Is very weird about Miami Vice. Which I yeah, because <laughs> I, I I didn't want I, I didn't want to reuse Heat. Yeah. Uh, and I so I, I was going through the Michael and I thought okay well. Number two versus number two. It's not, you know. So, maybe, yeah. maybe number two versus number one. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. very, so, very interesting, interesting. matchup that yeah. I could have never predicted in a million <laughs> Okay, well, I'm down to my final two. All right. My final two pairings. Thank God. I'm so excited. Oh, my God. I oh mean, God. I, I, I thought the last ones were going to be decent, but apparently they've <laughs> You're rocked, more excited about the ones. They've rocked your world. Future, so. yeah. All right, so. Oh, dear. Oh my god! So there's a film that I did not use the first time we did this, and that wasn't intentional. I just forgot to use it. Okay, <laughs> and it's in hindsight, it's inexcusable that it did not show up. I'll be honest; okay. it stood out. Okay. <laughs> I'll be. Honest, I was getting yes. ready. Yes. I was getting ready for it, yes. and it never came. It never came. But yeah. so I'll here we are again. Here we are again. Okay. What is it? What are we doing? Okay. So your two films are yep. Michelle Gondry's Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind <laughs> okay. versus David Fincher's The Social Network. <laughs> <laughs> we are spicy, my friends. <laughs> we are getting very spicy. But oh. I will have to tell you, mm-hmm. this is an easy one. Okay. It's got to be Eternal Sunshine. Okay. It has to yeah. be. Yeah. I mean, that's the problem is that, yeah. yes, like... It's a wonderful pairing because I've done nothing but talk so flower and wonderfully about The Social Network for so long. Favorite movie of the decade. My favorite movie of the decade, and it was when I saw it. So That's like (laughs) almost a quarter of your life. Insane. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's just so much. There's so many elements at play Mm -hmm. with Eternal Sunshine. The um both in my life and it with my wife as well, yeah. and so that also because it's her favorite movie too. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. That so it's like really cool. You it's like both of our favorite favorite movie, and it's still your favorite movie. Uh, as far I mean, yeah, we haven't watched it in in, in, a, in a while, but it's probably due for for a rewatch. But mm-hmm. one of the ideas that we'd had or I had for us for our our be our ten year anniversary next year. 
and it'll be the 20 year anniversary of the movie. So we go to Montauk for our 10 year anniversary. So that was, mm. that's the idea. So we'll see maybe, mm. you know, hopefully uh, we can make that happen. But yeah. yeah, it's just a very important movie. And that was another one I saw like four or five times in the theaters right. also. It was just like to tell a story like that with. Yeah, give me your potted. Yeah, why, no. So why, why you love it. I mean, it's, it's a, it's, it was a story. It, it was storytelling in a way that I had never seen before. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would have been 18, 19 years old when it came out. And it was just like similar in that way. I mean, to like American Beauty, we talked about it in the last show. It was kind of like you walk out of it and you're just like, that is something that you've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And it was the way that you tell this story and even sort of like the, the mid act twist of like, Oh, they actually already knew each other beforehand. Cause you get, you get this whole relationship in the first 10, 15 minutes or something. And then it flips and you see him crying and then you're, you know, then you're going back and forth. You see, and, and, uh, but it's just so emotionally resonant. The music in it is, is wonderful. Uh, as we mentioned, but I mean, it's just, it's uplifting, but it's also sad, but it's all, it's just, it's a Charlie Kaufman special. Yeah. I mean, adaptation I've said is his best. It's probably his best screenplay, but I mm. think this is his best overall movie, mm. I think. So, okay. um, it's my favorite of, of his, of his scripts even. Uh, so, and, and it's just visually it's, it's inventive yeah. and knowing that they did a lot of the, the stuff in camera right, and didn't right. really rely on, on computer, you know, on, on, on visual effects for it. It's just, it's very inventive and masterful yeah. and, you and know, it, it just strikes a lot. I assume just a lot of chords just oh, yeah. deep down and even maybe chords you didn't know you had for at the sure time until you saw it. Yeah. And, yeah. You watch it and, and you know, you, it's like, oh, okay, I was going through a breakup myself at that point. And, and, uh, and, and so you have that kind of all in, entangled in it as well. And, and, but now to know that it's just, that the this beautiful film that I can share it with somebody is really special. Yeah. Really, really cool. I did not know that was your wife's favorite there film. There you that go. That's a really cool yeah. thing that you share. Fantastic. All right. All right. So back to the bullshit. <laughs> um uh, so I got two more for you here. Yeah. yeah. Uh yeah, okay. I'm okay. I I think we can do this. Mm-hmm. I think we can do this. And I think you can pick between Fury Road and Ex Machina. Ooh. Oh no! I know you love them both. I do. That's because they're both great. <laughs> they are. Well, you have twenty uh, seconds to figure it out. I I gotta go with my decade ranking. I gotta pick Fury Road over X. Yeah. Machina. Okay. Yeah, I. That really hurts me though because X Machina, you love that movie. I I do. That was a surprise. That was number one, right? Wasn't it? Was it? My number one film yeah, that was kind of a surprise to me. I think it, I, it I love it for its. Yeah, I, for what it's doing visually, how minimalist is it? How ingenious the special effects, visual effects are. I mean, it, it won over Force Awakens for visual yeah. effects that year. That was a huge upset. And a lot of uh, people are still really salty about it, by the way. Is that right? That's a fact. Some yeah. industry uh, uh, inside knowledge right uh, there. Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it's it did not go down well. But... I love the Falcon X Machina that you just have three characters and I really can't pinpoint a villain hmm. in all of them. I think each one of them acts in their own interest at various points in the film, but I, I don't think anyone can be classified as an out and out villain because at some point they're operating in base self-interest. Other times it's for what they believe in other times for what they 
Our program to do in one case, uh, or more, maybe more than one case. And what is ethically considered the right thing to do. Like there's just so many fascinating dynamics going on in that spider web that Alex Garland made that it's very difficult to lose for that reason. And of course we, we can't talk about ex machina without talking about the dance. So mm-hmm. Oscar Isaac's dance has to be considered for a reason to keep a film from, mm-hmm. from, from a fiery death. But, but not this one. Not, but not, the, not apparently no, up against... No, I, uh, what am I even saying? Ex- yeah, no. <laughs> what, what is an ex machina yeah. other than a philosophical concept? It's gone forever. It's, it's see you later. Um, yeah. I think, I, I think I'd heard something about it one time. Uh, I, 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 I don't even know what that is. Fury Road is a balls-to-the-wall, impossible studio film. <laughs> it's amazing. That it, at a point in time in which... Movies like that are just not supposed to exist in 21st century Hollywood and be a hit. Right. Be a huge hit. Simultaneously, there is everything about that film worked. And it just, it's inexplicable to this day that they were able to make a film that successful, that radical, that revolutionary have so much of it shot practically. I mean, not all of it, but a lot of it was And it's, it's a visual masterpiece. It's a world building masterpiece. It is a balls to the wall thrill ride. I mean, it is cinema. Um, they both are, but in this case, Fury Road may just be a little more cinema. So <laughs> I, I, I keep, uh, I keep, uh, I guess I got to keep the doof warrior over, over, uh, Oscar Isaac's dance. So, <laughs> flame throwing very very good way to put it flame throwing guitar for sure today. yep for sure yes well well done okay all right i so i guess this is this is your final one here. here here we go okay so digging back into the well a little bit yeah from our earlier <laughs> from our first show i'm scared uh i'm really curious to see how this one's gonna go well ryan mccarran mm-hmm. please the films are Dick Tracy and Garden State. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, like, oh fuck, t- t- baby Ryan and teenage Ryan. Uh, you got 17 seconds. I think. Well, one's a one's a just a, a beautifully shot mm. crime classic. Ten One seconds. is uh, I'm going to keep. Five Garden seconds. State! Oh! <laughs> Ryan in that classic Halloween costume. I know. Oh, fuck. Little Dick Tracy. Oh, no. Dick Tracy um, Jr. That's it. I don't, yeah, that's it. I don't have that costume we'll anymore. Call him shriveled Dick Tracy. <laughs> Jesus. I, I don't know where Where'd that, that come from. from? <laughs> it's it's, it's got to be the, the brown ales. So just oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, gardens. The main reason I think for Garden State is uh, is uh, I would lose the soundtrack, which is right. one of my favorite albums of all time, yeah. and such a beautiful compliment mm-hmm. to just a very irreverent, offbeat, just weird movie mm-hmm. made by a lone a loner. <laughs> like he's just you know he just puts out a movie once every every few years, nine years, yeah. whatever it is. And I didn't even see the most recent one because it was in theaters for like five seconds. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, Garden State is, uh, it's a very, another very important one. I think it's over time. It maybe, I think the shine is off the apple 
Shines off the rose. What's, what's up? Anyway, it's off, I think it's off a little bit. People maybe are kind of like reconsidering it a little bit. It's kind of like eh, maybe, but it's still means so much to me. There was, you know, that, that was like, okay, out of college or, or you're kind of like out of like community college going into UC Santa Barbara. I'm living on my own for the first time, mm-hmm. like that, that area. And you really start to think about um, home, not being somewhere where you just put your shit. You know, and that's a big message in that movie. And I think that, you know, thinking about that and in relation to even where I grew up, we were talking about a little bit earlier today. It was like, I haven't been back to where I grew up in forever. Like, you know, maybe for like a a small pit stop. uh, But I mean, like extended, extended amount of time there. I haven't done it. And this LA, Southern California, this is people are going to hate hearing this that I know, but this place feels more like home to me now than, you know, Northern California or like the Bay Area or anything like that. Same story. Yeah. yeah. I think it's just, you know, th- this is sort of where I've grown up and, and, and where I've had my experiences is where my life is. And so I think that 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 balance of like, well, where do you really feel like home? What is that idea um, it's just a beautiful thing mm-hmm. to think about. And I think it was the first time you, uh, that it kind of had to, ha- it, it, yeah, it, it, it kind of had it hooks. It, it had its hooks in me then. That came out our, yeah, our first year at UCSB. That was, that was 05. Oh, right? five. Yeah. But yeah. it was like the summer of like, it was like right before oh, okay, we got so there. We yeah. Yeah. Started. We hadn't actually started there yet, okay. but I mean, yeah. but yeah, but it was like, it was a very important time in my life. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, getting the DVD with that awful, awful cover. <laughs> so bad. That right. DVD cover is awful. Put their three heads up top. Yeah. yeah. Why not just put the fucking cover? Anyway, it doesn't make any sense. But yeah. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, love Dick Tracy. A lot of, you know, again, even kind of even think about it that way. I mean, that's sort of a movie of, of, of Ryan when he was a, a child yeah. growing up in Cupertino and, and those things. But, I mean, the, just... I have more of an emotional attachment to it, right. but it is really cool to think about the two of them competing like yeah. that. So yes, well yeah. done. Well yeah, done. Yeah. There are different epochs, if you will. Yeah. I mean, I mean, would you say that the worst person in the world is the latest film like that? Yeah. I would say it's a similar, it gave me like a yeah. similar feel. Those, maybe those three movies kind of occupy that same spot in a way. I think that's a great point. Yeah. yeah and I think that's totally true because mm-hmm. yeah, like there are, there are definitely, it's almost as if the character and worst person in the world, almost like she saw garden state, you know, like she, <laughs> right. you know, she yeah, has yeah. seen garden state and, yeah. and, 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 you know, knows about it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I guess I feel a kin a kinship in that sense, but um, but yeah. So I would uh, I I would stick with Garden State. Yeah, uh, those movies that plant a flag and yeah, where you are in your life at that time are yeah. There's there's so much to say for that. Even even if you, sometimes you feel like it's just you who sees it in that movie. You know, it's like I have my own examples of that kind yeah. of film too. And it's it's like yeah, it's like it's that's your connection to it and. And if you're someone who doesn't share it, then you'll you'll never get it. You know, yeah. that's that's my version of that. And if you're yeah. just reading it on a base level, if you're just mm-hmm. taking it at face value, which you could, I mean, that's not every film is going to be like that. Mm-hmm. So it's possible, yeah, there may be things that you don't connect with, and it just doesn't really do anything for you, and you move on. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure there are films that I just saw once and just completely just okay passed it by, and it mm-hmm. could be someone someone's Garden State or someone's yeah. Eternal Sunshine. You know, exactly, you just never yeah. know. That's what's so, what's so great about the medium. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, beautiful, speaking of things that are, thank you. So yeah, that was a very round, very good pick. Um, yeah. so 
I'm hoping that one of these at least is alluding to one or uh, yeah, it alludes to one of the ones that you mentioned earlier. The the you don't know what you would do. Yeah. I hope that w- at least I got one of them. Okay. Let me get my timer ready here. <laughs> I'm so worried about this. I hope it's not those two. Uh, I hope it's it's a thing. I'm only hoping for one. You're hoping it's not two, but I'm hoping that you can go ahead and please choose mm-hmm. one of Under the Skin or Memento. Because uh, uh, we got uh, some decades going yeah, on here. We got some yeah. decade lists in here. Sci-fi masterpiece, the likes of which Kubrick would be very impressed, I think, against a Pulp Fiction-esque redefining of cinematic language. Ten seconds. Oh, God. Uh, I'll keep under the skin. No, really? <laughs> I may regret that. Uh, I, wow. I, that was harder than I thought as soon as then. That was harder than I thought when I first heard the choices. Mm-hmm. I thought I was going to go under the skin immediately. And then I really started to think about the mechanics of both films. And how cool they both are in their own respective ways. Oh man, I, I that was tough. That was tough. I I've I've probably seen them both twice. Like I haven't binge watched one more over the other, so mm-hmm. they're on even ground there. I haven't. But wasn't seen Memento them, like number two in your my Dec- previous decade list? Yeah, like the 00s to 09. It was. I think it was, it right? It was. That's a, that's why it's a great fucking pick. Uh, I haven't seen Memento in probably 15 years. Wow. So it, it, it might be the recency bias. Maybe, yeah. To me, but those are both great films, man. Oh, I think I'm going to be thinking about that one. <laughs> and that's why I did it the last well, I one. I... Give him something to think about. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Jonathan Glazer film just, for me, is to cinema what Jimi Hendrix is to rock and roll. Oh. Like, I don't, like, I think it's something that got dropped in from another planet and said, this is what I'm going to do with that thing you think you know. Hmm. Interesting. And, and I think that's why I, I went with it. I erred on the side of that. Yeah. Because Memento is its own like clockwork. All the gears are clicking in the exact precise way. Kind I guess. Of kind of experience. Yeah. You could maybe make the argument that some, another filmmaker could do Memento. Yeah. Potentially. Maybe Potentially, not as yeah. well. Maybe a little bit different, mm-hmm. but you could have some, like didn't even have, could have made Memento. You know, I mean, I'm just saying, for example, yeah. you know, but but maybe um, nobody could have made, nobody else could have made Under the Skin, possibly. Possibly, yeah. I, but Memento is also man. great. It's also great. <laughs> that's it's the thing. It's also great. Oh my God. I, yeah, Memento is one of those movies for me. I saw it, I think, maybe a year after it came out. And it was one of those. I'm seeing adult movies now. Yeah, man. I'm and right there with you. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. I, I think I was about 16 when yeah. it came out. We, I mean, you would, you would, 
Did we, year have, we, have we ever told anyone we have the same birthday, by the way? I don't know if we have. <laughs> Not the same year. Not the same year. The same got, the same day. I got one year on you, but we yeah. have the same birthday, which is a really fun <laughs> revelation in college. That was a really fun one, yeah. Like the third day we knew each other. <laughs> like, what the fuck? I didn't even believe you when you told me that. I was like, get out your license. <laughs> uh, um, and then you did, and then I accepted And then you, it. and there you go. And Why I, would I lie about and that? And I think we high-fived in the, in, in the auditorium <laughs> in we were in, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, it was one of those cool, all right, I'm seeing adult movies now. That was weird. I don't know what I just saw. It was doing things movies aren't supposed to do. Yeah. And they, there's a black and white part. There's a color part. What's going on? Uh, yeah. It, it might just be a recency thing. I need to watch Memento again is probably the answer. That's probably it's the it, answer. That's yeah. always the answer. You yeah. got to watch Memento again, I yeah, think. Yeah, so I think. What a great one. Again, under these constraints. Under the skin. But it's gone, though. Uh, Memento is gone. Under the skin lives on. You love Under the Skin, though, so that's also okay. But uh, Yeah. All right. Well, I think that was it, right? Uh, That's it, man. I'm out. Uh, Quick bonus round. Okay. (laughs) God, I've I've come so far. No, this is... I'm so emotionally... This is not going... This this shouldn't be excruciating. Okay, all right, all right. This is just kind of funny. This is not going to go the way you think. Because we alluded to the... Yes, exactly. It's not going to go the way he's going to go. We alluded to this the last time we did this, and I thought we would update to where these two filmmakers are and see where we land. On okay. It. Okay. So I'm not going to say who they are yet, but I'll just start reading the names of the films. Okay. So you've got Group A, Alien 3, 7, The Game, Fight Club, Panic Room, Zodiac, Curious Cage of Benjamin Button, The Social Network, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, Gone Girl, and Mank. Okay. Okay. Group B, you got Following, Memento, Insomnia, <laughs> Batman Begins, The Prestige, The Dark Knight, Inception, Dark Knight Rises, Interstellar, Dunkirk, Tenet, soon to be Oppenheimer, but it doesn't count yet. Who has the stronger filmography between David Fincher and Christopher Nolan to, oh, to date? Man, to date. Um, this is so up our alley, by the way. I yeah. think people get upset how much we talk about Nolan, but I don't give a fuck. <laughs> We talk about him that much. It's our it's our show. We we can do what we want. I mean, we never really have. I mean, we never. We done, talk a peripherally decent but amount never, of them. Like, yeah. No, no, no. But I mean, like, we, he always finds his way to warm yeah. his way in. Yeah. Um, I mean, what, I. What's what is the stronger run of films there? I I think you have to. You can't. Ah, it's tough, man. Yeah, like because there are some missteps, but they're different. They're different times of the of the filmography, like. I don't think you and I were huge fans of Mank. No. I wasn't, really. It was kind of a... I, a, I, I couldn't wait for it to be over. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I probably... Man, and this is not like a... This is not like a, we're going to lose one side, right? This no, is just This, this is just a pick, is just pick one. This conversation fodder to close us out on a... Then... Just to ease the stress level. Okay. Then let's, then let's bring it back in. And let's go back to our safety place, which for me is Christopher Nolan. Mm-hmm. Cause I can't lose the Dark Knight again. <laughs> I already lost <laughs> oh, it. That's right. It's I already not, lost it once. It's not even on the it's list. Not even, it's not even a movie anymore. It doesn't exist. I can't I can't not pick it twice. So um <laughs> I think well no, but also I think that I, I really I mean, obviously Inception's great and I love Interstellar. So yeah, I would probably say it's it's Nolan by a hair, a hair, a hair. I think because I think the highs are higher. Mm-hmm. Fincher maybe probably more consistent, um, but yeah, I'd probably still pick Nolan. Pick Nolan. You okay. think you pick Fincher? 
I think I'd go Fincher. Yeah, I think Nolan has a slightly stronger filmography just in terms of consistency. Yeah. Oh, that's what it, it was flipped. Sorry. Yeah. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah. More consistent, but like the Social Network is is. But I think fantastic. Fincher's you know? four strongest films to me: Seven, Fight Club, Yeah, Zodiac, and the Social Network. Yeah. I think are stronger probably than the stronger film. than the four best Christopher Nolan films. I don't disagree with that. It's but, tough. But yeah, but it's I think it's it it could just be whatever you're feeling that particular day i mean yeah. it could change weekly you know with what you watch right so uh maybe i'll regret that too who knows yeah. but it's tough to uh to put the two the we'll two see. together I mean, but it's, Finch- a, it's a fun question fincher has the killer coming out this year and nolan has, has oppenheimer, oppenheimer so. that's right when we revisit this show in another seven years we'll, see, uh, <laughs> we'll have to see we'll see which one hopefully nobody else gets canceled uh between now and then so we could still uh we could still enjoy these films so we don't so. Have conversations around our favorite yeah films. exactly so well, well since we plugged it a million times i told you you get a chance to plug it at the end what is your letterbox so people can go on and see your reviews and do these with with you uh over uh the dm feature oh yes thank you it's at Clay R. Shank, and I think I've I think I've got about like 800 reviews and counting. Some are actual reviews, some are just quick thoughts. And it's I think I've I was able to collect every review I've ever written my whole life that I can find, and put it all on Letterbox. So it should be a comprehensive view of anything I've ever written about film. And yeah, it's at Clay R. Shank. Uh, I post everything that I watch there religiously. I usually write something about it and check it out. Yeah. It's a fun way. I know. Cause we have sometimes can be ships in the night in terms of work schedules and movie times and movie stuff. So it is, I will say it is a fun, I do look at it even still, uh, oh, cool. Thanks, even, man. even before this. So I, I, cause I, I like seeing what you've seen and kind of keeping it. It allows me to kind of be able to, to still, be a part of that have a conversation yeah exactly exactly room, yeah. so so go to clayton's uh go to clayton's letterbox take a look there go rate and review the show we love seeing those and uh i guess we'll wrap it up as awkwardly as we normally do <laughs> this was a lot of fun this is so much fun man i'm so glad i know we we talked about i think with that show we don't even need to stick the landing i nope i'm ryan i'm clayton bye bye